Hi, my name is Nicole J. Georges. I'm a queer, feminist, vegan cartoonist, teacher, and advice columnist staying in Los Angeles, California with my half-blind chihuahua, Panyo Georges. <coughs> this is our podcast, Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters, I eat raisins, give advice, and talk about coming out to our parents with comedian Sabrina Jalise. Stay tuned. Hello, welcome to Nicole's Snack Corner. I would like to kick off this week's snack cornering by reading you a letter from friend of the podcast, Sybil Snow. Dear Nicole, thank you for introducing me to dried plums and tahini. These have been staples of my diet for years that I had never considered enjoying together. If I were you, I'd get a patent on this flavor before the companies that make Doritos and Oreos do. Thanks, Sybil. No fewer than three people contacted me this week to tell me that they had been peer pressured by the podcast into trying dried plums with tahini also known as prunes. Um, I was quaking in fear thinking that people would start hating me for advocating for this colon healthy snack, but so far so good. Uh, No one's come at me with pitchforks yet, knock on wood. I want to tell you about another flavor combination this week, and that is salsa and pickles. You may be wondering how I came across salsa and pickles. Well, um... I have a friend in New York who gets homemade salsa from a place called pardon me, the meat hook. You know, I wouldn't be going there, but she liked that place. So she would bring home this salsa from the meat hook that they made in house. And one time I think that they accidentally put pickle juice in it or cut the tomatoes up on a cutting board that had previously held pickles because all of a sudden this homemade salsa was full of zest and life and vibrance and briny goodness that had not been there before. And I basically wore out the ligaments of my arm dipping chips until it was all gone and then going and buying more. And the next time she brought it home, when the pickle juice was no more, we just put some pickle juice in the salsa itself and stirred it up, and it was just as magical. Okay, the second thing I want to tell you is that I hate a wrap. As a vegan of 20 years strong, I have been forced to have a soggy hummus wrap as my vegetarian option more times than I can stomach, and it actually makes me want to hurl thinking about a soggy hummus and bean sprouts laden wrap right now. However, I had a wrap this week, and I want to tell you about it. I had a kale leaf, two kale leaves. I put some hummus on it, garlicky hummus. I put some salsa on it. I put some sriracha, chopped up pickle, and then tempeh that I had fried with soy sauce and coconut oil until it was brown. I wrapped that all up in a little kale wrap, no spinach tortilla necessary, and it was delicious. So this week I want to tell you Make a wrap that is fresh and vibrant and crunchy and delicious. Eat it right away. And try pickles with your salsa. Thank you for listening to my food ideas and for letting yourself be cornered in Nicole's Snack Corner. Sabrina Jalise is a comedian, a Canadian, and a Californian. You may know her as the character named Aubrey, who sticks Gabby Hoffman's hand down her pants in season three of Transparent. 
She's a regular guest on the nightly show with Larry Wilmore. She's been on Last Comic Standing, and she currently hosts a comedy night called Nasty Women in Los Angeles. You can follow her on Twitter at Sabrina Jalise. Now please enjoy my chat, eating no-bake cookies, and talking about stuff with comedian Sabrina Jalise. One could say. I don't like... Do you like that? <laughs> did you funny. say that on purpose? Yeah. Comedian? Okay. I did. I was thinking yeah. about on the Facts of Life, Blair's cousin Jerry, the comedian. Do you remember that? No, I didn't watch it, but... She had cerebral it... palsy, and so part of her act was saying, I'm not drunk, I just have cerebral palsy. And, like, she yeah. incorporated in her act, but it was one of those sketchy... In real life she had cerebral palsy? Yes. Okay. But it was one of those sketchy 80s things where you're like, can I laugh at this? I can't tell if I should laugh at this. It's the 80s, so people haven't really tightened it up around that yet. Yeah, all the rules. I guess we're part of the theme of right now is all the rules came up too fast for so, too many people. There's a lot of people yeah. that wanted cerebral palsy jokes like that still. Maybe. It, yeah. Maybe well, not. I mean, if she... Well, oh, so yeah. once oh. I saw... Anyway, I can't even. Um, but I wanted to tell Comedian. you something, which is that... Well, first I wanted to... Here's one of the questions I wrote down. Do you like being a comedian? I do. I like doing... Um, I like to connect with people. I love being a being like kind of in charge. Like, you know... I love the fact that when you're doing comedy, you get to talk about what you want to talk about and sort of hopefully connect with the crowd and bring them towards you. And that's pretty fucking fun. That is fun. Yeah. I mean, do I like comedy in every moment of comedy? No, I mean, you better believe every montage of every movie about stand-up, and, <laughs> about the open mics and the things. It's all, like, very... It's it, There's a lot of... Um, it balances out, you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> but, you- but also, but, like, there's nothing like... Yeah, like writing a, a joke that you that means something to you that connects with an audience and getting a reaction, feeling sort of, like unity in that yeah yeah is there a joke someone else tells that you wish you could just tell like as a cover um honestly like sometimes people have such clever jokes that i'm like oh man you motherfucker you are so smart um but there's not really a specific joke because you know if my goal the reason why when i have those pangs of like oh man like my friend lisa traeger is just a kill she's so 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 strong like my favorite comic lisa traeger and um yeah sometimes you know just like her pace and like her force yeah i'll be like whoa but then it's like the 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 reason i like it is because it's so her she's so rooted in who she is and she has such conviction yeah and so it's not really you know it's i I don't think that stand-up is a craft that you can sort of be like yeah, what's it called? I was going to say lecherous, but it's more like, um, what's it called? Pining after someone else's set. Yeah. Because the whole point you. of what makes them sell their set is that they're, they're like rooted in them. Yeah. Or that's what I, that's the comedy that I like. Do you like that yeah, too? Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. Like, what if I just like a lot of standard knock-knock jokes? <laughs> what I'm looking for... No, I'm for... mostly into Dane Cook style, <laughs> preacher type, Christian rock type. Goth type. Also, you might be a redneck if. I have found in my pursuit of watching comedy that I've had to sit through so many horrible, like, 
bowels of the earth disgusting men to like see my favorite comics who are like sandwiched in these um, like at comedy festivals and shows I think that like putting yourself on a showcase um, brings a lot of stuff to the top and some people you know they it it, there's also more now more than ever this um, real belief I think that I I hold in all the things that I consume is that like you want truth and honesty and I think that people confuse sometimes like their honesty if, if I'm going to be so honest about their the honesty for like crassness because mm. you know jokes have to be a surprise so it's like what if I was you know <laughs> it's like uh, to me if you're and, and it's not always it, it there are there are characters for sure that I totally um i think they're what they're saying is still very much connected to something that they the true the person behind that character thinks yeah i mean for instance melissa mccarthy playing sean spicer now that's yeah. not melissa mccarthy being melissa mccarthy yeah but her conviction in that character and like what that that to me is so fucking funny so i'm not saying all comedy has to be like listen about my childhood and hear my truth about my relationship but it's yeah. like I do want to know that you're connected to what you're talking about. And that's, I think, a, a hurdle that when you say, oh, I've got to sit through these men. And there's women, too. It's just proportionally. I yeah. mean, it, it, this is the, the game has been, like, all of the races, the gun went off, and then white men ran, and then, like, different, you know, we all got released at different hold-off times. Yeah. And so what that means is, yeah, there's a lot of weird fucking jokes, weird people doing weird stuff and dark stuff and like one thing that i i've always noticed even with like good club comedy type things when i was coming up is like all these jokes about how you hate your wife like how you're like oh man no no it's just like the punchline is like take my wife the classic joke and it's like yeah those make me happy that i'm gay i would like to do it take my dog Take my dog, please. Take my dog. Speed on the carpet, everyone. Take, Take my dog. <laughs> Anyone got the dog catcher's phone number? You know what I'm saying? I, well, I just have been, I, it's, I think that our professions are similar but different. You know, when you say you do comics, and nice people think you're a comic. I used to want to be a uh, cartoonist. Yeah, totally. Really? I took a cartooning class when I was young, and I wanted to draw comic comic strips. Well, if you ever want to get back into that. Oh my god! I'm your guy. Totally. But like comics. Can I eat one of those cookies? Yeah. But wait, we. I want you. But I want you to talk about. It's a different part. Okay, cool. So we'll talk about comics first. Let's talk about for one second. Well, with comics and with comedy, they're both mainly strongly like they either can be so strongly apolitical that you're like, how the fuck were these people in the same room at the same time? Yeah. And or they can be life changing in their specificity. Uh, you know, like the people yes. telling the jokes, you can be like, wow, I've never connected to a lesbian before or a or a redneck like Jeff Foxworthy. Or, you know, yeah, like, you're like, I've yeah. never connected to this person before, or, like heard them personified like this, you know, and then people like read Fun Home and they're like, oh my God, a butch lesbian exists. I feel so close to her. Yeah. Um, but then at the other hand of it, there's just the most apolitical, like gnarly, like, I want to cut off a woman's head. Waka waka. Like, yeah. Comics and... Comedy. In both realms. Yeah. Um, I'm right Because I guess we're, the goal for both of the jobs is to make you 
be like, oh, like, yeah. you know, the surprise of a joke. Like, it's like a setup and a punch. There's some thing you're getting to at the comic, at the yeah. end of the comic. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just, insert shitty comic here. <laughs> you know what I really still like? The family one. What's it called? Family Circus. Family Circus? I, mean, I still like that, too. It's, like, pretty Christian vanilla. <laughs> like, nothing's happening sometimes. It's just like, you're cute. It's I like, like that it's vanilla. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I want to tell you... Uh, Am I having this one on? Uh, it's up to you. So I made no-bake cookies for this, which means I melted a chocolate bar with some soy milk and added peanut butter and raisins and some yummy granola. These ones have a dab of peanut butter on top and some Maldon salt. These ones do not. I personally am into the salt. I added a lot of raisins. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's Sabrina's deal or not. We're going to uh, see. It's totally my deal. Really? I'm so into it so far. Okay. I've taken one bite... I'm immediately struck by the plumpness of the raisins within, and yeah, it's a joy. They're all coated in chocolate. It's pretty dense. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for another. Go for another. It's very dense. There's a couple more in the fridge, too. Just oh, my God. That. Awesome. Well, yeah, so I was saying part of my, part of my accidental theme of the podcast is feeding people raisins and prunes i don't know it's why. awesome it tastes like um like a fruit and nut bar but like better thanks i'm so glad you like it uh-huh. i like to play chopped with my own kitchen so yeah. like looking in the cupboard and being like i want a dessert but i don't really have the thing i want me too like my friend gave me this lonely bar that chocolate it's called choco lonely mm-hmm. it's like a giant chocolate bar and i don't actually love eating them but so i've had it around for like a few weeks and yeah. not eaten it but then I was like, I want to melt this down and have it with raisins, because I wish I had chocolate-covered raisins right now, but I don't. Good call. And then I was like, well, why don't you make a no-bake cookie? So into that. Um, do you so also know good. you're Pakistani? I do know that. I'm Syrian. Oh my god, Discuss. I do know that too. Discuss. How I does mean, it feel right now? What are you doing? Like, so okay, so the Trump thing happened. Yeah. I was doing like a fun comic... I was doing like a fun comic about getting like close to my Syrian heritage and I was oh like, my God, yeah. oh my God, like my mom and I were like, oh, she's sponsoring some Syrian refugees at your church. Cool. And then, you know, shit started. Actually, this is like a year before the Trump thing. So you, so your family is Christian Syrian. Yes. Interesting. My mom's side of the family. And your dad's side? My dad's side is a smorgasbord of European. Oh, okay, cool. But, okay. um. They were Christian refugees many, many, many years ago. Okay. Uh, and so, but anyway, so it, things got sort of getting weird. Like all of the Christianity, like in my mind, when you said Syrian, I was like, oh, we probably like know certain Arabic words and all that. Yeah. But like Syria, you still know Arabic, but you would be Christian. Yeah. But I'm just thinking about like the the religious implication of being you know, the dark side. And then also the idea of like Syria, what it's going through, but then there's Christians there. Yeah. But then, oh, it's so weird and onioned. It, well, so all of a sudden, instead of it being like, so, so fun and powerful that I'm connecting with my heritage. Yeah. Then it became a thing where it was like, oh, the, the festival I just was at, at the Arab American Museum in Michigan, they just got death threats. You know, they started getting death threats because, like, Syria became a thing. And now Syrians aren't allowed to come in the country. And the Syrian refugees that my mom was sponsoring don't get to come over anymore. So... That's... It's... It, it is so, 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 so sad. It is so, so sad that 
the front, you know, the PR company of our country that we live in is so, like, obviously mean. Yeah. Like, and, and the other thing is, you know, I'm a Canadian who married an American who's been living here for eight years, who has a green card, who will, you know, will hopefully become a citizen here unless, they, you know, like, but you just get scared of, like, oh, my God, this is the first, but, you know, it's the first time that we, my generation, your generation, our generation? You said facts of life. We're probably yeah. the same generational. I'm mildly older I mean, you. well, and also, but when was the last time this was, this has ever happened like this? You know, like, that, that... I mean, I'm thinking about, you know... Like the Vietnam War? Like, or, yeah, or I was thinking about Japanese people during World War II getting yeah. in internment camps. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that far away from what's happening right now. Or could happen. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so weird and dark. And, like, I have Muslim family in this country. And my aunt who lives in... My papa who lives in um, Appleton, Wisconsin, uh, linked up with the Unitarian Church and, like, did, like, sort of, like, a meet and greet. And, like, they put hijabs on the ladies there. And it's, like, one of these things that... It, there was a, a little article in the Wisconsin something about it. And it was so sweet. And, like, that's, like, obviously the stuff that you have to hold on to. But then at the same time, we live in a time where, like, someone could hear that and quote me on that and and make it seem like she was, you know, trying to convert the Unitarians and they're coming after us. And it's like, whoa, (laughs) just can you please go A to Z with your anger? Yeah. Well, have you felt more or less, like, speaking out as a Muslim person since the election? Like, on stage or... Well, so here's the thing. I'm not Muslim. Like, my mom married my father. She was, I guess, Christian and married my father, but never really religious. Mm -hmm. And then my parents were not religious growing up. I would go to the mosque with my family, like, as a family thing. But there was, like, a clear sort of, you know, there was no illusions for me that this was a culture that would really, you know, in the traditional sense and religion in general didn't really speak to me. Yeah. Um, but it's my family. And so yeah. there's like, if you Google me, there's like articles that are like Muslim Sabrina Jalise, Muslim comedian. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like, I don't correct it because it's like that. I want to be a representation of someone that comes from this lineage that is like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm not a monster. Yeah. Um, but it does feel, it feels weird, but I guess the, the perks of being gay is like, you kind of always felt like there was this lingering thing that was made you different that people could judge you for. Mm -hmm. And then moving through coming out and then like feeling stronger like a stronger person mm-hmm. um there's i think that we as like queer people have a power in this time now because mm-hmm. we've been going through it just like i mean i think black people too who have been like it's like this has been happening and people are awake to it now mm-hmm. but this has been happening and now we're stronger all together to shut it down in the broadest way that we can yeah I got interviewed by an Arab feminist zine, Uh and they are from the UK, I think, and they were like, oh my God, it's so brave for you to be a queer Arab American woman, and I was like, 
It doesn't feel that brave here, or it didn't feel that brave here. Well, it's, the interesting thing, too, is that you, like me, we don't read specifically, like, Arab or brown girl. No. Like, I could be Italian. Yeah. You could be... Whatever. You could just be straight up white. Yeah. Um, Probably am. <laughs> I think that I gave myself Italy and gave you just, like, <laughs> you're just a slab of white bread. You're Italian. You're Panya's, just a ghost. Panya's Japexican. <laughs> Japexican. I'm an Aryan. I'm an Aries. You're an Aries? Yeah. Oh, welcome to Sagittarian Matters. <laughs> Are um, we a dueling we or, wel- or we, a good? We welcome your people here. Okay, cool. I also have a lot of Capricorns, so we both are goat-related or, you know, horned animal adjacent. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, wait, so what were you saying? About being... Before you called about, me a cracker. <laughs> before we had identified you as a cracker, um, yeah. I was saying... Um, yeah, I guess I do feel more sort of, this time is making me feel more connected with, because that's my family, you know, like whatever rules are being made, that feels directly like that's my family. Yeah. And it feels, yeah, it's just, it feels. Does it feel brave? Yeah. It doesn't feel, no, I don't, well, I do think it's brave. I think it's brave to just be own who you are that's not like a cookie cutter version of whatever cookie box you came from yeah uh just to reiterate you came from the white cracker cookie box keebler i come from the keebler i came from the italian (laughs) winery vaguely italian briefcase um Oh, yeah, like to be different in any way and then to be different in a way that makes people think like, oh, what your, your sex is different and your, the course of your life will be different. Mm-hmm. And like people told me that was weird. You're different. Yeah. Is, it is brave. Did you have a hard time coming out? Was your coming out easy? Uh, my coming out had like less than zero to do with the Syrian part of my family, I think. Okay. And more to do with my like wackadoo Catholic mom. Yeah. Her Catholicism was more of an issue than anything else. Yeah. I think. Their Christianity, my family's Christianity as a whole was more of a like, than them being like, you know, I don't know, it being a Syrian thing. Yeah. But coming out wasn't extraordinary. My mom wasn't like, I'm going to PFLAG right now. It was more like, what? You're a lesbian. Didn't you like making love to men? I love the, like, it's like a court case of, like, you had a poster of Scott Wolf. It's like, yeah, bitch, he makes love to Jennifer Love Hewitt. That's what I could have done. That's what I want to be. Yeah, she didn't you like making love to men? And I was like, ew. And she's like, what are you, a prude? Are you a prude? And I Really? Like, the yeah. prude thing? So that's totally brave. No other people, people, like, a lot of your problems in your life don't lead to your you know, parents who you want to love and respect you and be proud of you yelling, are you a prude? <laughs> Didn't you like sex? <laughs> You're too beautiful to be a lesbian. You love cock. What? <laughs> Mom. Is that what you, that's how yours went down? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I never... Exhibit A, you love them, cock. I didn't give them very much evidence uh, to work with. <laughs> Uh, I had the evidence my mom worked my mom was like you know what you always love being different when you know when you are played softball you were a pitcher and it's like honey <laughs> what side are you proving and like you know you do stand up comedy you always like standing up and this is just you trying to be different and it's like okay honey but I did have a mushroom cut most of my life baby girl she's like you loved Paula Poundstone you loved Melissa <laughs> come on 
No, uh. my mom, my sister, you don't know this, but people who've read my book, Calling Dr. Laura, know this. When my sister came out to my mom 10 years before I did, my mom yelled, Ew, dirty fingers, stinky pussies. Your mom she's, is so like a five-year-old. <laughs> she's really crude. My mom and Dr. Laura share this thing where they're both like morally very like rigid, like religious women. And then okay. they'll say something that's so crude that you're like, oh my God. Like you're just like, I would never say that. My friends would never stinky be that girl. finger, weird pussy. Stinky pussy. Stinky With pussy, dirty fingers, dirty stinky. Finger. Yeah. I mean, babe, <laughs> that's the best. It's dirtier than I, probably anything I've ever said. But, yeah, I had, like, a real faggy boyfriend in high school. She was like, didn't you like making love to him? Aww. Oh, jeez. Did I, you guys do sex? We did sex. Yeah, but I mean, you just did it. I mean, it was fine. Yeah. I shouldn't, I shouldn't really get into it here. But, yeah. like, we didn't have sex the last year that we were dating. Yeah. So, you know? Yeah. I mean, the sex wasn't really... The- well, yeah, it's. I get why it's confusing. It's like they've, like... My friend is pregnant right now, and I'm, like, guessing what's in her belt. Like, I'm already deciding, like, what kind of, like, cool skater girl she's going to be. Just yeah. kidding. That totally... Honestly, my fear is, like, some right-wing person these days taking something that I say on a podcast and being, like, doing a fake news parade. And being, like, lesbian Muslim Sabrina Jalice wants skater girls out of every woman. Can a woman wear a dress? <laughs> Um, okay. That's probably going to happen. I just was looking at Ponyo's face <laughs> while you said that. With Ponyo's so, eyes going on. So, oh yeah, I'm already so you, guessing what's in my pregnant baby friend's baby belly. What do you want to, you want to convert it to be? No, I'm just nothing? saying like, I'm excited to meet them and like, you make these like stories for kids. You like create your own narrative yeah. of the way their life is going to work out. You know, from when you're young and you're, my mom was like, you know, you should do, I said, I want to be a cartoonist like you. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, oh yes, you should do like computer animation because that involves sort of like an industry yeah. and like, you know, shifting and like trying to groom your kid into be the, being the best person possible. And what that means is like a, some best version of you. Yeah. Or the decisions you make, yeah. you know, your philosophies and sexuality for like all these old little fools they don't know nothing Why did you they don't have any exposure to what like a good gay life looks like my mom's the clo- my mom started to understand but she one day she was like honey I was talking to my hairdresser he's a great guy he's gay he told me you're a lipstick lesbian oh like my God. she was it's like just help me put you in a box but I was, need a box she didn't understand how her daughters could both look feminine but also be queer you know, because she was like, you know, a lesbian is, I don't know what her, I don't know what she thought a lesbian looked like, but she was like, it can't be true because look at your hair. Look how long it is. Yeah. It seems like, like in life we need to like fit things into boxes and then play, you know, like for you, for what you do with cartoons, Yeah. like you needed to first like, like understand the rhythm intrinsically and then you could like be like totally yeah. fun and like get, that's a next level Yeah. comic. Yeah artist yeah and then for my for what i do too it's like you need to like there's like it's jarring at the 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 root like you had to master the knock knock joke you had to really get into that knock knock before you can start riffing and having fun and playing and like getting closer to so maybe so then relating that to your mom and the lipstick lesbian it's like the first step is to classify it like the first step for my mom, too, is to, like, understand it, 
And now it's like nothing. It's like not. Yeah. Does my, that, do you feel like that analogy was going too far? <laughs> I feel like it's, I just. No, I think it kind of worked. My mom had yeah. to think about a lesbian as someone with a buzz cut first. Yeah. And she was confused. And then she was like, then lipstick. she had to learn that that, you know, and then who knows? And I now mean, she probably is like, oh, like if someone talked about lipstick lesbians, she'd just be like, they're people, guys. It's she's like, just different people. They're on the spec, they're on the spectrum, <laughs> not the, the, the gender spectrum. Um, you and I were both on a hit television show called Last Meal. We were also both on a it's, hit television <laughs> show called Transparent. I was an extra. Yeah. You got to be a creepy I TA? I got to be a creepy TA that takes Gabby Hoffman's hand, puts it down my pants, and then comes. Was that hard to do? I was thinking about that. I mean, I love that show, so it Me was too. like I won a sweepstakes yeah. <laughs> to do like the most fun part. You know, yeah. it was like it definitely was like the scene is is kind of like loaded and heavy for Gabby Hoffman's character, and my character is just sort of like drifting in and being a total weird perv. <laughs> did you have to do that during the audition? I did do that during the audition, but no one there there wasn't anyone there. Was it self tape? It was no. I walked in and then I did it. Like I put my hands, uh, you know, yeah. down my pants. But you had to fake an orgasm for the casting director? Yeah. That's so funny. Like, this is part of your job. Sometimes when I, like, it's take so a, good. a step back and think about my job, when I'm like, should this dad be wearing a crown? I'm like, this is my job. This is your job. Like, yeah, totally. This... Your job was to walk in front of these strangers and be like, ugh, ugh. Yeah. Not, that's not a rendition of uh, That's not the way I did it at all. <laughs> and they did, like, a closed set thing, which was so fun to get that kind of special attention. You know, like, Silas directed it. Mm-hmm. Um, Silas Howard, great director and friend of ours. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the pod. Um, and it was like, you know, it's just the cameraman and you guys and that. Yeah. Um, it was weird, though, because she's, like, not... It's not like a... It wasn't like a doing, like, some sort of sexual love scene with someone else that was, like wanted to be there yeah <laughs> you know yeah and she's like a famous actress cool lady yeah she's so nice she's so nice she's she was great it was great but we okay so but we're also on this strange show that's coming out in the spring yeah which we both got invited into a mansion yeah separately, separately interviewed fed and then murdered yes how did you die are you allowed to say um, I'm totally, I totally feel like I'm allowed to say I died. Wait, how did I die? Oh, I think I drank, I drank po- poison. And then you had And then I, yeah, then I barfed it up and choked on my own vomit. You barfed? Oh, no, no, no. I, yeah, I, I, I drank poison and then sort of gurgled on vomit and then died. How did you make that? Can you make that noise now? It's a lot like my transparency. <laughs> yeah, just sort of shift it a little bit three degrees to the right. <laughs> Guys, I have one move, really. I'm the Meryl <laughs> Streep of coming. Or dying. I hope you <laughs> same, like my impression same. of coming. Um, I, I can come and I can die. Which one? Sounds the same. You choose. You could, you could do choose and post. Um, <laughs> I got stabbed in the eye with a chopstick. Oh my god, when? At the, that's how I died. Oh, On the I show. you were telling me like a whole separate story. And no. I was like... Babe, we should have talked about that in the beginning. Bearing the lead. Yeah. I just got stabbed in the eye with a chopstick this morning. Oh, my God. Um, So you, on that show, Last Meal, got dead from a chopstick? That seems kind of far-fetched. Well, somebody tripped and fell, and the chopstick went into my eyeball. Oh, my God. And then I had a fake prosthetic face eyeball. Like, the, the costume, or the, whatever, the special effects person from Grimm. I had to go to her house... 
and she made a mold of my face, and then Whoa. she made a replica of my eyeball and put a chopstick through it, and there was disgusting blood, and then she adhered it to my face and covered me so in So you closed blood. your eye, put it on, and it was like your dead eyeball in there? Yeah. That's cool. And she gave me an extra one. An extra what? Razor, but it looks like a weird vagina, because your eyeball, if you don't know. Looks like a pussy? Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Are you looking Guys, Panya? does the plot need to thicken even more? I don't know. I don't know. Eyeball pussies? In the 11th hour, we learn it. <laughs> you know, uh, muscles muscles look a lot like pussy. Lesbian Muslim wants to make your children into skater girls. No, wants who eat to muscles. fuck everyone's no. eyeball. And I'm muscles. not a part of this. I'm a good baby. And now she's doing baby play. I'm just a little baby girl. <laughs> she just revealed that she's wearing a diaper sexually <laughs> on the podcast. Do you stuff my diapy? <laughs> Sagittarian Matters is a listener-supported affair. At present, we have no advertisers like Blue Apron or Mail Kemp. It is just me, producer Chris Sutton, and Ponyo Georges doing the show out of the goodness of our furry dog hearts. If you would like to tip producer Chris and keep the show going, please PayPal him $5, $10, whatever you want, to hornetleg at gmail.com. That is hornet, like the insect, leg, his appendage, at gmail.com. To thank you, I will thank you on the air by saying your name, and we appreciate it, and we'll keep going. Thank you very much. That was producer Ponyo. Do you have advice? I have three advice oh, questions I've for you. I've been waiting for you to ask. Do you have advice for young gay people? Number oh, one. shit. Yeah, totally. What is it? Um, that, like, you're totally fine, and it's going to be fine, and it's going to be hard, but then it's going to be better, and... You're going to have such a fun life because you're already having to, you're already having to ask questions that some people don't ask themselves till they're like way into their life and sometimes never ask themselves because they're too scared to ask themselves. And the questions are about like, who are you? How do you feel most comfortable? Who is your, the real you? And like, I mean, bummer. It's not, you're not like most people that identify these days and you're not dating in the dating pool with like the straight world but like guess what that world is hard your world is gonna be hard and fun and all of the things and just really um love yourself because we love you if you're gay i love you same same and if you're straight i love you too if you're an ally and yeah. Yeah. No, allies are important. Like, gay, just because you're gay doesn't intrinsically make you, like, amazing. I, I feel like gay people were all family in some way. Yeah. So I love them in a very different way. Yeah, 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 no. I'm, and, and truly, like, I answer this question with a lot more love than if you just said, like, what advice do you have for someone who wants to be creative? You know, yeah. like, I have a lot of, can, I feel very connected to, uh, and and feel that it's really important to communicate to young gay people that, like, it's it's more than fine and and although everyone around you potentially might not be able to see it that way because their mind is sort of narrow you're going to be 
the person that widens and that broadens their perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a cool, what a cool role that is and yeah. what a cool person you are. Yeah. And way to go. You are figuring it out and you'll keep figuring it out and yeah. you don't have to know now. You don't have, there's a lot of things you don't have to know yet, but you yeah. may not know until you meet more gay people. Yeah. And also, honestly, I think like the more I learn about this stuff, the more it's like you have to identify as I'm gay because you're understanding this part of yourself that's labeled as gay. But I feel that sexuality is very fluid. I feel that a lot of people that identify as straight and and some people that, you know, like my wife is perceived she is gay. She's gay. Of course she's gay. She's married to me. But like she totally has dated men before and like this sort of um this what's it called a misconception or like this like perversion of bisexuality because by you know it insinuates this like i'm doing two things man and it's like no i mean and i'm wearing a toe ring while i'm doing yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and i've got dreads and a guitar I'm throwing bisexual out the window and just saying, let's replace it with queer, which is so yeah, much less Yeah, queer. Binary. And then it's just like, let's just get everybody in on the queer train. In And basically what the, what queer means is just like, you're not, <laughs> you're not like the basic package, you know? You're not like one, you're not, I mean, this sounds like condescending and I need to work on that. So <laughs> if you're not like, you're, but you're not. You're bonus. I, you're bonus. Yeah. And even actually, I think a straight person who's like. I mean, I just think, guys, can't we just look into ourselves and understand that eyeballs are shaped like pussies and there's complexities and it's not just like A and B and black and white. Yeah. There's a lot there. Can't we just agree on that one? There's a lot. And if that's true, what else is true? Apply that to sexuality. Bam! Thesis. Done. All right. Second question. You're welcome to answer these with less love if you want to. Yeah. But wait, do you have advice? I just like say yes or no. Yes. Do you have advice for young brown people or young people who oh, find man. themselves Imagine otherized right now? Okay. Who are not gay? I feel like very similar answer. And I feel very similarly warm to this question and answering it and saying... Totally cold to this question. <laughs> like, uh, exact same you know, message of what I said about being gay, like being brown, um, was something that when I was growing up was, I definitely felt like ashamed of, and I didn't want to be different and being different meant I wasn't, you know, like the popular girls. Um, but I mean, that's such a mirage and a facade and, um, you being exactly who you are and and owning all parts of you is like key to getting to I think another level in life where you're at, you can attain a different kind of happiness and a different t- t- kind of career mm-hmm. um like when you were saying the thing about drawing a, cr- a crown on a dog and like you know me doing the transparent coming it's like yeah we've really cultivated really fun lives where if I was young and you told me I was doing either of those things to make a check, I'd be like, oh, well, that's great. <laughs> awesome. You're like, that's my future? That's, yeah, that's exciting and fun. Yeah. And I think that we can do that. I think we can do these things because we are, um, you know, we're asking questions of ourselves and the world and tapping into what it is that makes us happy. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so, but that, as it relates to being brown, you know what I mean. Like, with that, it's like, do you have a mustache? Yeah. Duh, three years of electrolysis. It's like, there's, like, these sort of difficult parts of being different. Mm-hmm. And, and aside from the physical mustache, the, right now, the, like, uh, mind games of society. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it, I think there's nothing better than people who are different and owning it and sharing it. I guess, how do you feel about separatism? And I say this, I should clarify, because I'm not saying in like a turf way, because I'm throwing... What do you mean by separatism? I mean like, you know, like when you're a gay person growing up in a small town, or if you're a brown person growing up in a sea of white people, and you feel so otherized, Mm -hmm. I feel like the, the benefit of moving to a bigger city sometimes is just being able to find the people like you and having to not struggle for one second in a social environment you know what i mean like surrounding yourself with queer people and being like oh we don't have to have this like boring conversation yeah that i have to have with people that don't that don't understand my gender anymore or like hanging out with other brown people that just understand so you don't have to say like the very basic like one-on-one but i think because we're already but we're already so many different things that like Mm -hmm. you already just named two different wildly different but then getting to be around queer people of color as so, if you're like somebody that grew up like in the middle of nowhere, um, yeah, just white is, people that were straight, that sounds yeah. like such a gift to yourself to like. So but then you're you, so fortified yeah. that then when you come out of that and have to deal with the regular world, you like know that these people have you your back. You know what I mean? Like you found your pack, you found your family, and then when you interact with everyone else in the world, you can be a little bit more like take it or leave it. Sure. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I think I'm someone that, like, I really like to socialize and meet different kinds of people, and if there's someone sitting next to me on a plane, um, and it's not a red eye, there's probably, there's a high chance that we'll have a drink together and chat. Really? If they have a good vibe. I like to meet all sorts of different people, and my best friends, right, some of my best friends in, in my new LA life live right around the corner. I met them at the dog park, and their dog's name is Taco, and they have a black and white little Jack Russell, and my dog's a black and white cowboy, mm-hmm. little Frenchie Boston. Mm-hmm. And um, they, you know, it's very, like, community and family, and they, like, help, we, like, look after each other's dogs. And they're straight, and sometimes, like, like I call Will cis white Will, because mm-hmm. he's, like, so basic sometimes, and, like, mm-hmm. so just, like, I love jujitsu and my, like, <laughs> like, just, like, they're, like, very, like, cis white dude grew up in Ventura mm-hmm. except he's half Mexican mm-hmm. so there's the complexity it's just like yeah. it's but 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 um it's I think it's integral and I think it's the next step and what we can do in big cities is like overlap and have different have our tribes sort of mix and like mm-hmm. another group of our like really good friends here are gay men and they're creative and fun and amazing and brave and successful. And, like, it's fun to intersect. And I think it's important to now to intersect. So separatism, what you were describing mm-hmm. as, like, going to your crew and feeling, like, really powerful because of them, that's amazing and great. Mm-hmm. But it feels like that actually would empower – that, like, that kind of sets you up and empowers you to go into other social situations because no one likes a thirsty bitch. Mm-hmm. Take it from a thirsty bitch, you know? <laughs> so that's that seems like a good... Uh, yeah, that having a crew of, like, queer people that have your back that are a lot like you... I kind of just mean, like, to, like 
yeah, like reflect back at you like different ways of being okay within the same specificity, specific thing that you have. Yeah. So yeah, then you go out and you're a little bit less thirsty and if, I don't know, if you have a hard well, time. Well, you're less like, you're less like, am I a fucking weirdo? Like, do, and which yeah. I think everybody, I think it's normal and the reason why religion is so integral for so many people is like we're thrown into this world that is a board game that has coins and money and cards and questions and chance cards and bodies and there's so many questions and all I think all we all really want every single one of us is love we all want love and then we have to like pay our rent and do the homework and well homework first and then later Mm -hmm. you pay rent Mm -hmm. the first thing I learned as a baby was to pay rent it was so cute and then (laughs) my diapers and then do your homework and then do my homework then later do my homework Um, but but yeah uh, did I answer something real or just say something I can't both both and I love a Q and a you do you've got to know this by now but Wait, I was going to say one more thing about that. You know what? Okay, an example, and I actually have another question or two for you. But an example would be like, you know, I, I'm i doing a book at a certain point called My Straight Year, From Venus to Mars and Back Again. Okay. Um, but during my straight year, I was dating a really cool, well-meaning, cisgendered white guy who like, he, and so then we went to visit some queer friends that are like political queer people. And, like, me and them understood why the Macklemore song is so whack. But, like, this very well-meaning straight guy, like, didn't under... Like, he's my ally. He's there. If somebody says something outwardly homophobic, he's there to be like, hey, not cool, man. But, like, he doesn't intrinsically understand why we don't... We were like, we don't want Macklemore's charity. Like, he didn't intrinsically understand why we were rejecting Macklemore's song and, like, laughing at it. He was like, he just got your back, you guys. And I'm like that's fine and he could be my ally and especially now in Trump's era he could be my ally but like still it's nice to like laugh at him with people that totally understand well here's the thing like, here's thank the you Macklemore thank you but I do think that it's like when you said especially now in Trump's era he can be your ally it's like that seems to like like maybe there is a little bit of cause and effect of like white people seeing example like you know well-meaning white people seeing examples of like well-meaning white people that try to and ultimately it's totally like appropriation and all these things that are now real issues Mm -hmm. or have always been real issues but are now being talked about more it's still sort of like I just want I want peace and I want love and I think that Macklemore actually does have a reach Mm-hmm. And that that was a positive, you know, it's positive to like, mm-hmm. but but at the same time, I understand, like, I get it. Like, it's really, I was talking to, and actually in the last, the first nasty woman that you came to, which was the second one, I was talking to Nicole Byer about appropriation. And she was like, because I, I, there was like an issue with the poster that I made. It was a cartoon of Michelle Obama in the same pose as the last poster that I'd made with Hillary Clinton, which was the Janet Jackson nasty woman, uh, nasty Rolling Stones cover poster and I put it online and people were like fuck you you white feminist and it gave me insight into the feeling that someone who maybe is a fan of Macklemore or something like that you know what I mean like Mm. stepping in the wrong 
yeah, accidentally saying the wrong thing and meaning well, and then all of a sudden you're Rachel Dozell, you know? And it's God like, bless her. God bless her. Um, it's like so layered and complicated, and I totally... So I was talking to Nicole about it, and Nicole was like, fuck that. People should not have been so upset about that poster, and like... And, you know, I, I, ended, I took it down, but she was like, here's what actually gets me mad. She's like, I hate when white people wear black people hair. Because it, they, they changed the name, that it's like, it's boxer braids, they call it cornrows, mm-hmm. and, you know, these pop stars wear their hair like that, and then, and they're like super famous, and like making all this money, and like we've been doing it for years, and I, you know, like, I'm, as a biracial person, as someone who's white and brown, um, whose wife has so many dashikis and kimonos, and she's white. But, like, I, 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 I like the mixing and the marrying, and I also understand, I mean, especially from the history of, like, what black pe- people and their culture has meant and, and uh, been sort of, like, pillaged uh, in this country has meant and been pillaged didn't make sense, but you kind of get what I'm saying, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, like, a fucking nightmare of a past... That is the foundation of the of the race issues in this country. Yeah, I, I think that like, you know, I take the poster down I, totally, and I, uh, and I, I, I totally get where Nicole is coming from, and at the same time, like, I think we just having like some a little bit of like understanding and patience for when people do step in the shit because mm-hmm. like, I feel like I am all these things. I am like brown, and you know, like gay and all these and I and I make mistakes so when you don't have sort of the backup of having that like visible difference or like mm-hmm. living that different life I'm sure it's like yeah compassion for yeah. compassion for Macklemore compassion for Ma- I mean I do feel like if it's like Harry Potter and we have to defend Hogwarts and you get every wizard that's ever gone there on the same turf because the Death Eaters or whatever. I mean, yeah. Macklemore would be on our side. Even I'd be like, yes. God, he's so whack. Like, that's fine. We'll, You're call, here. we'll call him Whacklemore when we're all yeah. drinking later. And he'll be like, I know, guys, it's fucked. But, like, someone had to say it and I wanted to say it. Like, I'll give him a wedgie or something later. But I'll be like, thank you for fighting. For you us. know what? I actually wish every every artist had a song about about like some sort of issue that they're not even a part of but they're recycling. like being no not that one though imagine <laughs> Katy Perry with recycling compost 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 you're in the eye of recycle cycle five second ten cent what advice do you have for young comedians this is all about youngins what's your demo my demo is 10 year olds <laughs> <laughs> you go real hard into advertising for 10 year olds Facebook profiles yeah Baby, um, for young comedians, yeah, people that are just starting. If you really want to do it, go and do it. That's the way to do it. You got to do it. You totally. If you need to take a class to like get yourself into like the rhythm of writing and then making yourself actually perform, go ahead and do that. But there is a website called badslava.com. B a d s l a v a dot com. I don't know why it's named like a Mario Kart villain, mm-hmm. but. It uh, lists all of the open mics in so many different cities. Probably the closest city to you. So you just go and you just start doing So you it. can go look at where the open mics are. And then the second piece to that advice is do yourself a favor 
and start from the beginning trying to be as uh, honest as you can because the funniest things are going to come from real honest feelings that you have and not like crazy scenarios. Yeah. But I mean like go for the crazy scenarios. I did it for years, you know. Like got to mm-hmm. fi- like find out where your laughs are and it the other thing is the third thing, it takes a very long time and uh and so have fun. How willing do you have to be to embarrass yourself? I feel like adding the embarrassing details to something is the bridge. Like the thing if I write something down and it makes me blush yeah. or makes me uncomfortable, that's generally the the thing that people are going to like the most or find the most connection with me about. Well, because it's like this true, you're kind of being more honest with yourself than people would, more candid than people would usually be in conversation. Yeah. And that's what would set me apart from, Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think that that's totally the things, the things that you actually think about and then the things that I guess maybe some people... Uh, but I don't know. It depends kind of on your voice because we probably have like a similar thing hap- happening in our in the way we do comedy where it's like personal and well, I just told everyone to be personal. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying, I like when I have a conversation with people, I like secrets and I like to like go deep into like the real. So that's kind of what I want from someone in their art. Yeah. But there's all sorts of different, you know, go ahead and write your supermarket material, Marsha. Oh my god, I would love to see Marcia's supermarket material. <laughs> What's up with coupons, right? It's like self-checkout. I mean, I can't even do non-self-checkout. I was having a problem just passing the cans over to the lady. And all of a sudden I've got to scam the cans. I wish that this was the kind of podcast where I could give us each like three minutes to just like write that's pretty good for your next pod. You should do a little chopped competition with uh, stand-up. Stand-up jokes? Yeah. It's like totally not even a stand-up podcast. It's mostly oh. cartoonists. It's mostly cartoonists? Mostly cartoonists. Well, and much respect to all the cartoonists. I yes. told Nicole I did take a cartooning class. I don't know if the cameras were rolling, so to say. It might have been in the stinky foot era of the pod. Oh, that, that was rolling. <laughs> Oh, we'll make sure to just... We're going to cut the podcast down to just that part. Um, Sabrina Julius, you're an Aries. What's your favorite snack right now? Okay. Um, there are these popsicles that you can get at a Mexican grocery store or any Hispanic grocery store. Uh, if you guess that accent, you get $50. So tweet into the pod to guess that accent and you get $50. Um... That was just a hidden game in my snack answer. Okay, it is a popsicle. The brand name is called Mexico. It is ice cream in a popsicle. There are cookies and cream flavor. There is Dutch chocolate. There is bubblegum flavored with little pieces of bubblegum in it. And do not forget about the coconut flavor because there's real shredded coconut in it. Ladies and gentlemen... I've been your comic all night, Sabrina Jalise. Get those Mexico popsicles. Hashtag Mexico. Hashtag prunes. Hashtag raisins. <laughs> Today's episode brought to you by the Raisin and Prune Hashtag Popsicle Mexico. Council. <laughs> Last question. What is Why? the most important thing that you taught your dog? Oh. The most important thing that I taught my dog is... <sighs> I have to talk shit about my mom's dog to answer this. Go ahead. 
Cootie begs and she like jumps on my dad. She's like, she's four pounds and she like jumps up and hits my dad and just like abuses them till they give her part of their food. And it's like, no, thank you. So cowboy does not do that. I mean, he's only human, you know, he, (laughs) he will like smell things and kind of linger around, but he doesn't beg. What do you say? You, you just hit him until he goes away from the table. Well, like if he's lingering too long, I'll be like, cowboy. And then he'll sort of walk away. Oh, good. Ponyo, I don't mind if she quietly watches while I'm eating. Yeah. But I mean, like, if he's, like, being, if we have, like, company or he's being a lot. If she started whining or making a noise. Yeah. Or distracting me, that would be a real problem. Yeah. No way. Thanks for coming on Sagittarian Matters. Thanks for having me. How can people support you? Oh. Are they, is it still recording? Yeah. Okay. If you want to support me, you're going to want to go to... Sabrina Jalise, S-A-B-R-I-N-A-J-A-L-E-E-S, at Instagram, Twitter. Facebook's kind of like a broken down palace of zero content. Mm -hmm. And definitely don't go to my website, baby girl has not posted in a long time. Uh, Anyway, tweet at me, Instagram, you come to my shows if you're in LA. I'm going to be doing a tour in Ontario, Canada at the beginning of April and then that's just for laughs roadshow tour then you can see me in New York also end of March just follow me on Twitter baby I'm gonna retweet when I go on a show or you can tweet at me if you want specific dates but you know it's hard to keep a schedule online Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.